The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Thank you, amen. Stand up, stand up. Let me look at your faces. You're looking good today. Thank you. I dressed up for you guys. I was dressed up and they upgraded me. Yeah, I got a business class flight over here, so I'm well rested. I am hungry to see a move of God while I'm here. I'm here seven days, but I feel like God can do a move in seven days. Amen. In the Bible, he uh, saved 3,000 people in one day. I believe that God can do many mighty things with seven. Are you believing for it? Will you do me a favor? Will you hug somebody next to you and say, I'm excited to hear this guy this evening. (laughs) Share some love as you grab your seat. Do I have an end time? Eight o'clock. Fine, that's great. That's good. Good to know. How is Nigeria? How is Lagos? How is this church? How is your pastors? Are they doing well? Do you love them? Thank you so much for having me, guys. Do you still love Jesus? Is he still blowing your mind? Is he still telling you how much he loves you? Is he still moving in this place? Come on, is he still moving amongst you? Do you you love him? Do you trust him? Do you... I want you to get excited about it today. Let's not take it for granted that you and I get to connect with Jesus every time. I can be on a plane and I can speak to Jesus. I can land and I can drive through Nigeria and I can speak to Jesus. I am never alone. How exciting is that? I'm here by myself. I travel by myself, but I'm not by myself. I'm with Jesus Christ. I have a word for somebody today who maybe is struggling to keep it up with Jesus who maybe life is getting a bit tougher, life is putting more pressure on, and things are getting a bit tougher, and you're wondering, where is God? You're wondering, is He still moving? You're wondering, where is He speaking to you? Maybe you are walking around and you do feel alone. I have a word for somebody today to let you know that God is with you, and my word today is this, that His love endures forever. His love endures forever. You are going to say that about a hundred times this evening. It sounds very Christian, but I believe I have a revelation around it that I have for you guys and for uh, this church and for you in your lives. And I'm hoping it's going to revitalize your faith, get you energetic again to believe that no matter what situation you are in, God can do abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. He can flip any situation to your advantage and that God is not left you alone. He has not forgotten about you. There is something for you. Is that okay? I want to get straight into it. Let's go to Psalm 136. I'm going to need you to talk back with me through this psalm. This psalm was written as a worship song. And so I'm going to say a line and you're going to say a line. Don't worry, it's really easy. You're going to understand it and you're going to get the whole point of it. Are you ready? I'm going to read the whole Psalm 136 because you guys like the Bible, yes? You like to hear lots of the Bible preached, not just one verse. You want to hear a lot. I've got 26 verses for you today. Is that okay? Psalm 136, and talk back with me, says this. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His 
love, or does yours say mercy? Okay, we'll go over mercy. Mine says love. I've got an NIV. Can I get NIV? Is that all right? I'm going to go, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, because why? His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love it's good, man. You ready to take this up again? Let's go again. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth among, upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. I said, you're doing well, you're doing well. Are you still ready? To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever and brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever. Are you still here? Can I keep going? You like hearing the Bible? Great. Uh, But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures. Let's just have the ladies this time. To him who led the people through the wilderness. Let's get our kings involved. To him who struck down great kings. And he killed mighty kings, his Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. Come on, a few more left, a few more left. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. And an inheritance to his servant Israel. Keep going, I know. Love endures forever. He remembered us in our lowest state. Love endures forever. And he freed us from our enemies. This one needs a shout. Come on. Amen. He gives food to every creature. And one last one. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love Amen. Should we just go home now? Are you good? I'm done, man. That's some good stuff. His love endures forever. I want to take this psalm because this psalm is not just a worship song. This psalm was actually used as a battle cry. When Israel would go into war, they would all come together. And as they would go, they would march along saying, He's destroyed Og. His love endures forever. They would use it as a battle cry. They did this to remind them that God has got them through some stuff before. He's going to get you through again. And that is what I've come to tell somebody today. Because I've been praying on my way over thinking, why am I here? Why am I here? And I believe there is somebody who is so stressed out, so desperate, hanging on by a thread. And I've come to tell you today that his love endures forever. That you've been through some battles. And trust me, you're going to get through them again if you could just start declaring his love endures forever over your life. Let, Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Put your hands up for me if you have ever gone through something. 
You know, you've gone through some stress, some, some chaos in life. Now keep your hand up if God got you through it. Amen. Now look around. Every hand in the air is a testimony of what God's love can do. His love endures forever. Interesting though. Why, why does it say the enduring love of God? Why not just the love or the mercy of God? Why, why the enduring love? Why that word? Why does that word get thrown into this verse? And believe me, believers, I, I believe that God is trying to tell us that you are going to, as a believer, have to endure some things. No amen there. Okay, I understand. I understand. You, you're going to have to endure some things. You see, you don't endure a vacation. You enjoy a vacation. You don't endure a lion in the morning if you ever manage to get one. You enjoy those things. There's something about it. God is telling you that my enduring love can last forever. That when you go through something, I have an enduring love for you, which is going to see you through any time that you go through. Why is God telling us this? What's so unique about his enduring love? You see, what I've come to learn by looking and studying this psalm is that the enduring love of God has a very good way of taking any bad situation and using it for the good of those that love him. Isn't it Joseph that said, uh, what you meant for harm, God has used for good. You see, that, that's the secret. That's the enduring love of God. It manages to take any situation you are in and flip it to your advantage so it becomes a benefit and a strength to your life. That's how God's love endures forever because nothing can actually stop it because what tries to stop it is actually used to the advantage to grow it. Can I teach this evening? You understand what I'm saying? Anything that comes against the enduring love of God, no matter, what, no matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what the world throws at you, God has a way, his enduring love has a way of flipping it to your advantage. Ah, okay, you don't, you don't believe me. They don't believe me yet. You don't believe me. Let me let, I'll prove it. Let me prove it to you. In this psalm, they talk a lot about the time the Israelites spent in Egypt. You notice that? Now think about that. That's a very interesting thing to add into a worship song. Just as you're going to battle, let's remind ourselves of the toughest time that the Israelites have gone through. That's nice and cheery. That will get everyone motivated. Hey, do you remember that time we were all in captivity and we were all forced to be slaves? Do you remember that time? Yeah, that's a great list. Let's worship around that. Why are they worshiping the time when they were actually caught in captivity? There were people who were born into captivity and died in captivity in Egypt. They were there for centuries. They were enslaved. They were told what to do. They, were, you know, they, they, they had no freedom, no life of their own. But yet they're using it as a song to say God's love endures forever. Are you serious? I don't think Egypt is a time where you could say God's love is really demonstrated. Do you know what I'm saying? What's really interesting is if you think about it, this time that they're using to celebrate as God's love endures forever is the toughest time that they went through. But when you really start to study it, if you read Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, if you read that, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when the Israelites were in Egypt, it is then that they grew the most. 
they numerically grew the most. Do you, do you don't understand. You hear what I'm saying to you? Let me t- I'm telling you that when you are in some suffering, you're not just going to survive the suffering. You're going to thrive in it. I, I, this is a good news. This is good news for somebody. Somebody needs to receive. Because what you're in right now, you think is going to destroy you. It's going to be the making of you. you you're going to be stronger the other side of it. Do you not understand what I'm saying? The Israelites were beaten down weak, but somehow it was the time when they became the strongest. God's enduring love takes suffering and turns it to your advantage. Because the more suffering there is, the more God's love can be poured out to your life. Because the more you have space in your life where you're not trying to fill it and God can fill it and show you how much he loves you. you, do, you do, they, do they get it yet? Do you? Okay, let me take this another. Can I take this another? Let me take it deeper. When the Israelites left Egypt, who paid for the exodus? Do you know? The Egyptians. Think about that. God not only provided for them while they were in the middle of suffering, he was actually making a way out of the suffering for them. And the way that they were going to get out of that suffering, even though they were thriving in it, he, they were actually going to use the, the suffering itself to its own advantage to pay for them to get to the next place. What I'm trying to tell you is the suffering you're going through is not only going to be the making of you, it's going to be your ticket to the next level. That took me a long time to come up with that. I thought that was good. You... This is your ticket to the next. As they were leaving, God said to the Israelites, hey, as you go, take all the stuff with you. Take the silver, take the gold of the Egyptian. It belongs to me anyway. Take it and use it so that you can then start this new life. The suffering that you are going through. There's somebody here who is struggling, who is desperate, who is struggling and and don't know where to turn. Let me tell you, what you're going through right now is actually going to be the catalyst, the first step for you to get to a new level. Can I tell someone not to avoid Egypt? How many of us want to avoid Egypt? I don't want to deal with that pain. I don't want to bring up that stuff again. I, I don't want to face my insecurities. I'd rather just pretend that I'm all fine and have it all together. I don't want to talk about the bank account. I'd rather just put it away and just use another credit card. I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to face the pain. I don't really want to bring up my feelings with my partner because I don't want to face it. I don't want to have to confront the conflict that I know that is there. I don't want to have to deal with the tension in my family. I'd rather just leave it. We are avoiding Egypt, but yet we don't understand that God's enduring love will take whatever suffering we go through and use it to our advantage. Do not avoid Egypt. That one doesn't get a big an amen, I understand. Don't avoid it. Some of us here, we're not dealing with our stuff, we're not dealing with our problems because actually we're trying to avoid it. We're trying to find another way around. Go through Egypt. Let the enduring love of God help you thrive in the middle of suffering and then help that suffering pay for you to go to the next level. Is that helping somebody? Let me keep moving just to be aware of time. Do you notice in there that there's the the kings, Sihon and Og? Did you see those? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, King Og. Isn't that a funny name? King Og, 
King Sion and King Og. Let me explain the situation to you. You see, what happened for the Israelites, they managed to get out of Egypt. And in Numbers 21, you read a story about them. And they're about to go and walk. And they're trying to get to the promised land. And they're walking. And they bump into this land. And then they knock on the door of the land and say, hey, by the way, do you mind if we walk through this land? And the land belongs to King Sihon. And then the king goes, actually, you know what? No, I don't want you to walk through. In fact, I'm going to bring my whole army down and we're going to fight you. That's a bad day, by the way, for church. And we're going to fight you. And then the Lord blesses Israel. And I love how the Bible says it in Numbers 21. It's just like one sentence. And then they overcame them. I love how simple it is with God. You know, we overcomplicate things. The suffering we're in, we overcomplicate it. We make it big. We make it more dramatic. I, let, me, can I, let me go there. I think we make it more dramatic because it gives us permission to slow down and blame God for something. It means that we can slow down our fight for Jesus and, and pressing on to receive what God has already attained for us, to, to stop running the race as hard. It means we can calm down. So we like to dramatize it and overthink it. But God makes it really simple. If I am with you, then what can be against you? So as I'm with you, go to Sihon, and I promise you will overcome them. And then they overcome them. And then there's another really interesting bit. And I promise this will make sense to you in a second, and it will relate to you in a second. As they're walking along after defeating Sihon, what happens then is they bump into King Og. Now, King Og, they knock on the door and say, hey, do you mind if we walk through the land with you? And then King Og says, actually, no, I don't want you to walk through the land. In fact, I'm going to bring my army down, and they're twice as big as Sihons, twice as big, and we're going to come down and destroy you. Have you ever been in that moment where you've just overcome one thing, and now there's another thing? Yeah, if it's twice as big, if it's not my health, it's my finances. If it's not my finances, it's my family. If it's not that kid, it's that kid. Have you ever been there? You, you, you've gone through that situation again and you're like, God, what is going on? I thought you were supposed to break in. I thought I had dealt with this problem. I thought I'd overcome that issue in my life. I thought we had resolved that issue in my family. God, I thought we had dealt with it. What is going on? Where are you, God? But we must remember in those moments when we are going through repeated suffering, what seems like the same thing coming at us from a different angle, we must remember his love endures forever. The, the reason why you must remember that when you are in repeated suffering in the same area is because in Psalm 136, they say, remember when we fought the kings and they gave us their land as an inheritance. What I'm trying to tell you is his love endures forever when you are in repeated suffering because it's going to become an inheritance to your family and generation. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is great news. What, the, the suffering that you are going to go through is going to become an automatic blessing and inheritance for your family. Uh, let, let me put it like this. Let me put it like My dad grew up in a working class family. My dad decided to suffer a little bit to work harder. So my dad every day for the past 40 years of his life has got up at half five in the morning and has worked tirelessly to push us in higher classes and to earn the money for the family and provide for us as a family. Now what have I inherited? His work. The suffering he went through has become a blessing for me. 
When you are going through something, remember it is going to become an inheritance of your family. You might be sick right now, but what's going to happen is his enduring love is going to come and it's going to break you three just like it did the Israelites. And then healing is going to be your inheritance in your family. I believe there's somebody here, you are praying for your son, and you're thinking he is never going to come, he's never going to see breakthrough, he's walking in another direction right now. The suffering you are going through in tireless prayer, in staying up late, in waking up early, praying for your son or your daughter is going to become an inheritance to you, to you when they turn around and find Jesus Christ. Am I making some sense? How many of you have heard the story of praying mums, praying for people who get turned around? Their suffering in prayer became their inheritance as their son got blessed. I know you're, I know, I know you're going through stuff. I know, and I'm not belittling it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not trying to say that to you. I'm just trying to encourage you that what you go through will produce something. Romans 5, verse 3. We give glory to God in our sufferings, tribulations. I'm going to. We give glory to God in our sufferings. Think about that. God, are you kidding me? You want me to praise you when things are falling apart? Mm-mm. No, man. You want me to raise my hands even though nobody has noticed me, even though nobody has loved me, even though I'm still waiting for my husband and wife? You want me to raise my hands and praise you? You want me to give you glory for the bad things that have happened in my life? Are you kidding me? Why? Why do you want glory when we are in the sufferings? Why? Because suffering produces something. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces some character. And character produces hope. Why? Hope does not disappoint us or put us to shame. Why doesn't it do that? Because the love of God can be poured out to us. The bigger the suffering, the more space for God's love to be poured in. I'm coming to tell someone something, that you are going to get stronger the other side of your suffering. It's going to produce some perseverance in you. You're going to get a bit tougher. You're going to endure a bit more. You're going to get a better character. You'll be more like Jesus at the end of it. And then you will have better hope for the future. The enemy is going to throw things at you thinking that he is somehow killing you, but actually he is just giving you fuel to your fire. He thinks he's putting you out and actually he's putting petrol on you. He thinks if I throw some suffering at them, they'll stop worshipping God. What he doesn't realize is the church only gets bigger the more it's persecuted. Look all over history. You're going through something now, but it's going to produce some perseverance. Job 13, 15. Though you slay me, I will trust you. Is this helping somebody? You're going through something, but it's going to produce some perseverance in you. It's going to bring a new strength in you. 
you're going to go around and you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to enter some exam rooms and you're going to walk in there nice and calm and everyone's going to look at you and say, how are you so calm when we're so stressed out about our exams and our finals and we've got to do really well? And you'll walk in there and you'll go, have you not learned? Have you not realized? Have you not theorized? Have you not had revelation that his love endures forever? That even if this goes bad for me, he will turn it and use it to my advantage? Have you not, you not understand? God is with me. You will go through grief and suffering and people around you will be drawn to you wondering how you're able to handle what you are going through. And you'll say, because it will produce something in me. It's not easy. I'm not saying this is easy. Do you understand? I'm not trying to belittle things. I'm not trying to say it's all easy, but I'm trying to say what you're going through will produce something in you that will be to your advantage, that will, be, that will give you an inheritance, that will take you to another level. It will be fuel to your fire. Do you believe me yet? Let me try one more. Let me try one more. To really help you understand this, that when you leave tonight, you know that his love endures forever. There was one time when the enemy thought, I know what, if I release all the suffering that I have access to, I might be able to destroy this Christian faith before it even gets started. There was one time the enemy used the most cruel item of suffering that man has ever created. He took a cross that the Romans created, which was their intention was to crucify people, which is the most horrific form of torture we have still yet to come across. And they used it to put fear and defeat into the other side, the enemies. They would hang them there to say, you have been defeated. We have won. And what happens is the enemy took this item and he said, you know what, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to use as much suffering as I can and I'm going to put the Son of God through it. So that then the world will see that this, this Christian thing is defeated. God is defeated. I have won. My pride has overcome God. I am now the stronger one. And then what happened? Christ gets sent to the cross. He dies and the enemy thinks he's won. He dies. And the enemy then has a day on Saturday where he's thinking, this world is now mine. I have overcome the Son of Man. I've overcome the Son of God. I am now the victorious one. I am the righteous one. I am the God. And then what happens the following day? God uses what was meant for harm and uses it as the greatest, the greatest form of redemption that we have yet to know. He took the biggest form of suffering and it is now the biggest form of transformation. It is the biggest form of hope. It is the biggest form of restoration. It was a torture device and now it's a life-giving device. Do you understand? It was meant for harm, but now we use it for good. It was a symbol of defeat, but now it's our symbol of victory. We, we put it on buildings. We put it on buildings. We, some people get it around their neck, necklaces and rings and jewelry because they're saying what happened is that enemy, his lo God's love endures forever and he overcame the enemy. Think how crazy it is the church has put crosses on the wall. We wouldn't do that for any other weapon. But this weapon is now a symbol of hope. 
Is this encouraging somebody now to know that Jesus Christ went through some suffering and the enduring love of God used it and he was raised on the third day? And so what you are going through, yes, I know it's tough, but you will thrive through it. You will enter a new season. You will enter the next level. It will become your inheritance. It will produce something in you. And this, what you're going through right now, will actually be a symbol of hope to you in the future. It will be a testimony. Came to tell tell someone that God's love endures forever. His love endures forever. And I believe there is somebody here today. I believe, and I was praying for this meeting on my way over. I believe there's somebody here today, maybe a few that you are actually at the end of yourself. You have become so desperate, struggling so much, trying to figure it out, trying to gain and control yourself. And I believe today the right thing to do is hand it over to God and say, God, I allow this suffering because even though you slay me, I will trust you, God. And I believe that what I'm going through will produce something that you will use to the advantage of the kingdom. And I trust you. There's somebody here that you are at the end of yourself. Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We pray, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hold out your hands or pray in whatever way you feel comfortable, whatever way it helps you. But I just speak over this place. I speak over this church. I speak right now as as an apostle of God. I speak right now and say in Jesus' name, this place will know the enduring love of God. I believe this church has going to step into a new season of breakthrough. You're going to step into a new season where God is going to provide abundantly for you so you can step into a new level. I believe that some of you are on the edge right now and you are going to step into the new level. What you have been going through is coming to an end right now. I speak it over your life. The suffering that you've been going through, you are about to see the fruit of it. You are about to see the breakthrough of it. You are going to see a transformation not only in you, but in the people around you. It's going to be a story that you share, an inheritance that you pass on. I speak over this place right now that you would know the enduring love of God. Thank you, Jesus. If there's anybody that you are really struggling, really at the end, and what I've said is really spoken to you, I'd like you just to come out the front. I want to pray over you, breakthrough today. If there's anybody in particular, just come out right now. I don't even know if there's going to be many, but I believe that this was the word for tonight. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.